Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, welcome to this Bill Your Snackable daily podcast where we talk about everything entertainment and pop culture every single day. Hi, I'm Laura Brodnick. I'm Mamma Mia's entertainment editor and I'm still on such a high because I went to the Sydney premiere of Bring It On the Musical last night, which reminded me that Bring It On is pretty much the best cinematic experience of our time. So that's what I'm watching this weekend. And it ties in with what we're going to talk about today. It does. I love that we're just linking up on all this stuff. I'm Kiris. I'm from Mamma Mia's influencer agency called Social Squad. And Laura and I are going to be hanging out tomorrow. We've got a movie premiere that we're going to that she conveniently forgot about in our plan. Also, I love that you're always updating the listeners on our social the people need on, to they know. They definitely do. On the show today, Kirsten Dunst was once Hollywood's golden girl. So why has the industry now rejected her? When I used to audition a lot, like I had little things I would do, like get up, turn around, like have little things that people would remember you by. You had like your tricks. My tricks, yeah. And now it's like I don't have that trick bag. And if I don't get it, then I feel like an extra failure because I have like <laughs> a body of work enough that like right. I feel like the, a real loser. It's Friday and that means weekend. And watch. So we're going to tell you what's new this week and what you absolutely have to watch this weekend. Yes, queen. Yes, yes, yes. Can you believe? But to kick off the show today, tennis great Serena Williams, her husband, Alexis Ohanian, threw some serious shade at Maria Sharapova this week. So Serena and Maria were playing each other in the US Open, which is on at the moment, and he decided to wear a t-shirt to the game. The t-shirt has dare with the words underneath keeping kids off drugs from the iconic campaign in the 80s. So it was initially under a jacket, but after she won, Serena, I'm talking about obviously, 6161. He stood up, unbuttoned the jacket and let that t-shirt be on full display for everyone to see. Don't understand why this is so shady? No, I actually didn't because I was looking at the photos and I saw him do the slow unbutton and people reacting, but I I didn't actually get the full context of why the T-shirt was such a big deal. Let me break it down for you. Okay, great. So in 2016, Maria Sharapova famously failed a drug test at the Australian Open. And as a result of that, the International Tennis Federation penalised her with a two-year ban. So she's just come back into the mix. So drug ban, drug cheat, dare T-shirt. Yeah, I've put the dots together now. Thank you. Excellent. Now, there's also a lot of reports about a feud that's been going on with them for years. I think it's mainly because Serena has obviously been at the top of her game forever. And I don't think Maria had won a game against her since 2004. But from 2005 till 2015, Maria Sharapova was still the highest paid athlete, female athlete, over Serena, which obviously is a little bit of bad blood. She also called out Serena in her 2017 autobiography saying that she was just mad that a skinny kid beat her. So, Laura, is there anything more romantic than a little bit of pettiness from your 
significant other in 2019? Look, I know we should probably all rise above this sort of pettiness and be better I'm people. Not. But I no, I'm not either. I'm so yes. here for this because I don't care at all about athletic competition. So the tennis does nothing for me. But someone's husband throwing shade in the stands, now that is a sport that I can get behind. And I think people are also just really reacting to this in such a positive way because it feeds into this whole like epic love story that Serena Williams and her husband have from their little meet cute in Rome where they met in a hotel then she invited him to come and watch her play in a different country and their kind of love story spiraled from then. I've never picked up a racket. Oh, you never have? I was so ignorant when we first met. I had never even watched a match on television. Like, I would change the channel when tennis was on. And and she's actually offered to give me lessons. Uh, And? Well, I turned them down. Yeah, that's the right Uh, thing to do. Because I wanted to be the only person in the world who would ever turn down Serena Williams for tennis lessons. (laughs) And because I knew there was just no benefit to her seeing me be that bad. Yeah, right. Yeah, no. And they had that big wedding in New Orleans in 2017. I think it was. Beyonce danced and said it was a beautiful wedding. And now they've got their little girl who's like the cutest kid to follow on Instagram. So bloody cute. And her name is, I love this, Alexis Olympia Ohanian Jr. They call her Olympia because she's named after her dad and I don't know I just think it's such a different thing to see a husband always standing on the sidelines too like we usually in those kind of competitions always pan to the wife sitting there and there's always coverage of what the wife's wearing and what she's doing with the kids and her facial expression especially in tennis and I think it's nice in this case that they're panning to a husband instead and then he's throwing shade with his t-shirt. Yeah, I just love it. Tennis also has the pettiest of spouses. I think Roger Federer's wife, Mirka, is just also really petty as well. So I love that he's kind of carrying that torch as a male counterpart to show that males can be just as petty. Wait, what does she do that's petty? She will always like yell out stuff from the stands. She's like kind of made a few um, facial expressions. It gets reported on. It's very... um, Oh, wow. I didn't start watching tennis. I had no idea the scandalous um, circumstances were going down. Loznik, we're we're trying out a new name name for Laura also. <laughs> She's going to kill me later. I'm telling you, tennis is the best sport. You've really got to get around it. It's so controversial. There's so many like pretty people and, you know, badass things going on. You've got to watch it. All right. I'll come for the pettiness and maybe stay for the sports. The actress has a, a resume that's packed with great movie and TV roles, but said that she rarely gets recognized by the industry for her work. I think she was meeting like award shows. In the early 2000s, you could not go to the cinemas without seeing actress Kirsten Dunst on your screens. She starred in classics like Interview with a Vampire opposite Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. She also starred in my favorite flick as a kid, Jumanji, and also Bring It On, and the Spider-Man franchise opposite Tobey Maguire. But it seems as though she's kind of disappeared from our screens as of late. And this week she gave a really interesting interview on Sirius XM's In Depth with Larry Flick, which gave some great insight into her career and also lack of recognition. Laura, what did she say in this interview? Yeah, so she hasn't done a huge amount of press in the last few years, and I think it's because her last big on-screen outing was The Beguiled in 2016, I think, but she didn't really get a lot of recognition for that. And since then, she's been doing a lot more prestige TV stuff, but very low-key. So in this interview, she's spoken a way we'd never heard her talk before about her experience with Hollywood, and also keeping in mind that she's been in the industry for over 20 years. It seems like she had a lot of pent-up feelings that she let out all in this one interview. I don't know. I've also had a lot of disappoint like of the things that people like I'm like well remember when Marie Antoinette y'all panned it and now y'all love it remember drop dead gorgeous pan now y'all love it like it's like interesting for me I feel like a lot of the things I do people like later which is totally true it's both, really true both those movies got 
really badly panned. They did terribly at the box office because of the critical response. And it really painted her into this kind of corner as an unbankable kind of ditzy blonde dumb actress who was going to tank your movie, which I think went on to have a huge negative effect across her whole career. And then she wanted to say, which is not just the box office takings that upset her, it was more the industry. I've never been recognised in my industry. I'm, I'm like never been nominated for anything, maybe like twice for Golden Globe when I was little and one for Fargo. But like no one in, like I always feel like nobody, I don't know, maybe they think I'm just the girl from Bring It On. It's kind of that idea. And, and she's right. She's never been nominated for anything. She was the face of like the early 2000s. And I think she played into everything society wanted her to be at the time. Like we wanted a blonde, peppy actress to lead all our movies. Then the tide really turned as it should have. But it's almost like she took the fall for that. Yeah, it was interesting when we were researching for this topic, going through her IMDb, she starred in a lot of great movies, but she just hasn't had the recognition. Although yesterday she finally was honoured with a Hollywood Walk of Fame star. So are we finally maybe seeing the recognition that she deserves? Oh, look, I wish that was true. And like I said, she's had all these big hits like Melancholia and The Beguiled and even Virgin Suicides that she could have been nominated for, but no recognition for any of those roles. And now she has got this star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, but those stars are not what they Seem. You don't get them for being honoured or for having a lot of good movies. You've got to pay for them yourself. What, the this star? Stu- yeah, you've, you don't just like get given it as like a sign of recognition. So what you've got to do is you've got to apply. You do have to be a, some sort of a performer personality or something like that. But basically it comes down to you've got to pay about $30,000 and buy Yeesh. the star. And you've also got to sign contracts that you will turn up to the event and you'll bring famous friends with you. To get some right. photos and stuff. That's why people like Donald Trump have had a star for years because they just put the cash over. Yeah, well, his stars had a lot of stuff done to Yeah, it. exactly. That's why it's so, so probably expensive because you've money. got to pay yeah. for the upkeep. So, again, it was this beautiful thing where she got up and talked about how emotional she was about finally being recognised and her fiancé, Jesse Plummins, who was a oh. co-star of hers, Landry from Friday Night Lights. People, the iconic. best TV show ever. <laughs> such an iconic role. So I then, think they're such a great match. And his speech that he gave her, he called her Keeks in it. It was just so hard. <laughs> That's your takeaway from that. I, I like that they finally had their little son there because they've never said his name, Ennis, in public before. They've never showed him before. So I think that was nice. And it was really beautiful to see the two of them, you know, up on the stage there at the Hollywood Walk of Fame. But at the same time, it is something they had to pay for themselves. And Mm. I don't think, I think when she's talking about recognition, that's not what she meant. No, by her peers. She wants that industry recognition, not a Exactly. And also going back, I mean, I feel like she's also had a really rough time. Like she started in the industry and she's given interviews in the past saying, well, I was a baby. I didn't want to be in commercials. Like what toddler do you know that's saying, mum and dad, I want to go work for 15 hours and not get paid for it because the money goes to you guys. So she's been really open about the fact she was forced into the industry in a way. And then her big breakout role was obviously an interview with a vampire officer, Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. And she's talked a lot about how she was forced into a lot of really intimate scenes with Brad Pitt kissing him and that sort of stuff. Because uh, she was meant to be a hundred, is that right? So she, um, yeah. So in the movie, she's like she plays a child who gets turned into a vampire, and so later on in the movie, she's like over a hundred years old. So she kisses Brad Pitt's character. And I think you're forgetting, like, in real life, she was 11. And people or reporters would say to her as a child, like, ooh, how is that kissing Brad Pitt? Was it sexy? And, like, the look on this 11-year-old's face is like, no, it was gross. And she's talked about it as an adult 
and she maintains the fact that it was kind of gross. Yeah, with good reason. I just think this is kind of this interview has gone a long way to remind us about how leading ladies in Hollywood are so disposable. And we've said this so many times with people like Jennifer Lawrence, that they come along, they have these big highs, then they get knocked down. And I feel like she was the original golden girl to be built up and knocked back down. So she's got a TV show coming out soon. It hasn't made a lot of like noise, but I hope she gets the recognition she deserves. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. It's weekend watch time. Who should start? You start. Okay, I'll start just Yay. because I have a really good one this week. You have good ones every I week. I know, I'm Come so good on. at this. Uh, so my recommendation for this week is Carnival Row. It's a new show that's just come out on Amazon Prime Video today. So Carnival Row is a, it's like a new neo-noir fantasy drama and it stars Cara Delevingne as a fairy called Vignette Stonmoss. Oh, I've been seeing all the press that she's been doing for this. Yeah, her red carpet outfits for the press tour leading to this have been insane. And she plays opposite Orlando Bloom, who plays a human detective called Riotcroft Philistine. So they're actually these, like, they had a relationship in the past and then they were kind of torn apart because in this world it's kind of like a myth- like a mythical Victorian era time when all these fairies and magical creatures have to leave their own war-torn countries to come to Carnival Row and kind of seek refuge. So while they're there, the humans, like, become their bosses and they have to be, like, their slaves and they're forbidden from, like, using magic or their powers. So in this world, when Vignette and Philo are reunited, because she thought he was dead and there's this whole thing about he left her behind, they reunite in Carnival Roll to kind of try and solve this murder and track down a serial killer who's killing fairies. And it's all sex. I know, it's it's insane. It's like super sexy. It's also like really dark Victorian drama. It's got that fantasy element. It's actually part of the new slew of TV shows that are are there to like fill the Game of Thrones gap. Oh, I have a void right now that I need to be filled. Yes, you and everyone. I actually wrote a piece on Mamma Mia this week that was chronicling all the new big fantasy dramas that are coming out because every studio is rushing to have the next Game of Thrones. So this is the first one. And then like Netflix has got a hit coming out. It's just there's lots of big fantasy dramas to come. Okay, so what have you got for this week? Have oh. you obeyed the rules of Weekend Watch this week? I'll have you know I have. Okay, so my recommendation is Falling in Love. It's a Netflix rom-com starring 90s R&B singer and actress Christina Milian. Whoop, whoop. Just had to give her a little bit of a shout out just then. And Adam Demos. So you may remember him from the most recent season of Unreal. He was the hot Aussie um, bachelor that came on. Um, so the film follows city gal Gabriella, who after losing her job and boyfriend spontaneously enters a contest and wins a rustic New Zealand inn. So she packs up, heads for New Zealand and teams up with hunky contractor Jake to fix and flip it. If you liked other Netflix rom-coms like Two All the Boys You've Loved Before and The Kissing Booth, which I am, I've watched that probably about 20 times and I'm not embarrassed to say so, you are going to love this. It's out on Netflix, available to stream. Get it in front of your eyes. I've also heard people call it the New Zealand version of The Holiday, which is my favourite Christmas movie. I love movie. The Holiday. So I feel like that's kind of, I'm not, used, I'm not a huge rom-com fan, but I feel like that got me in. Ooh, I like that description of it. 
Thank you for listening to The Spill today. We love hearing from you. So if you have any topic suggestions, please email us at thespill at mamamia.com.au. Also, we would love to know what you're up to while you're listening to us. So why not post a story on Instagram and tag us at Entertainment. And while you're listening, subscribe and leave us a review. The Spill is produced by Hannah Bowman. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Na, 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 na,